Welcome to Pocket Fiction by Steve Cook. Noctis Point, Chapter 9. The spiders must be wiped out, Your Imperial Majesty, and without further delay. Ariadne frowned. The speaker was General Slythe, a man as unpleasant as his name sounded. Overweight, a heavy drinker, and addicted to the street drug sniff, he was also the most strident voice in the room. She shot a glance at her father, who was leaning forward, his white-gloved hands steepled. What would you suggest, General? Ariadne said, letting a moment's hot pleasure warm her as the man stuttered to a stop, cut off at what was obviously the beginning of a tirade. We don't have anything that would leave any of the worlds involved salvageable. And besides, a peaceful arrangement might still be possible. Slythe flushed a deep red. Your Highness, we can't possibly hope for peace when they have us at such a disadvantage. They have managed to create a unit of psych-proof soldiers, and worse, the general public knew it at the same moment we did. He smashed his fist into the palm of his hand and directed his attention back to the Emperor. We must wipe them out and be seen to be decisive in the public eye. Voting time soon, Sarah said quietly, her voice buzzing from the subvoc. Ariadne nodded almost imperceptibly. The Emperor's post was for life, but the heads of various governmental departments were on five-year tenures. Great-grandfather got some things right, Ariadne thought with a sigh, but not that. Give people the illusion of choice and you just create self-centred candidates. She looked around at the other delegates in the room. There were about 15 people, all told. Heads of the PO, the Space Fleet, Departments of Homeworld Security and Offworld Security, the five coordinators of the territories and the Mayor of Luna, her father, herself and, of course, General Slythe, the head of the army. The light was dim, being mostly cast by hard and soft screens hanging on every wall but strip lights showed the way to the kitchenette, emergency bunks and other minutiae of life. Ariadne stood, spreading her hands on the large horseshoe-shaped table they all sat around. I still maintain that we do not know enough about the Jovians to warrant committing mass murder, because that is what it would be, ladies and gentlemen. The first alien contact the human race has made, and we are debating whether to eradicate them forever. Why did they attack us when we approached them with hands outstretched? We may never know. But as the more developed race technologically and possibly culturally, Sarah snorted over the subvoc channel. We owe it to them to try and make every attempt at resolving this in a peaceful manner. A moment's silence greeted this impassioned speech, and then uproar descended as everyone tried to be heard. Watch Slythe, Sarah said, but Ariadne didn't need the warning. Slythe's expression had changed, melting into something approaching smug superiority. Was he receiving a message on his own subvoc? Unlikely to be anything else this far underground. Ariadne risked a quick look at her father, but the Emperor was flicking his eyes from face to face, his own thoughts hidden behind a steely expression and folded hands. The General put his arms out slowly and people began to quieten. When order had been restored, he took a step forward. Your Imperial Majesty, there is something else, something far more worrying. The Emperor spoke, cutting through the atmosphere in the room. If there is, why has it not been brought before us already? This is a war council, 
not show and tell, Slythe. The general nodded along. You are right, of course. However, I have only just been informed of this myself. Must be big if he's willing to give up that he's got a line in, Ariadne subvoked. Not necessarily. He could just be stupid, Sarah sent back. We'll see in a moment. The large double doors at the far end of the room, directly opposite the Emperor's seat, crashed open. The two Imperial guards flanking the door brought their rifles to bear on the people coming through the door, men and women in grey astral navy fatigues, dragging something on a large sheet. Around the room, people surged to their feet, Ariadne's father first among them. What is the meaning of this? he snapped. Let them in, the general shouted as the guards began to push the intruders out. He looked to the Emperor. If you please, your Imperial Majesty. Emperor Cutter thinned his lips and smoothed his goatee down. Guards, stand down, he called, then dropped his voice. General Slythe, if this is a waste of time, you will be answerable for it. The soldiers, three men and two women, pushed into the centre of the room, dragging their burden. As it came into the light, Ariadne realised with a sick feeling that it was the mangled corpse of a Jovian. Almost a pile of body parts, it had curled up in death. Its lower half was so absurdly alien in the artificial light that she found her eyes sliding off the hard carapace, away from the rough hair that sprouted from every joint. She took in the upper torso, closer to human, with its wide shoulders and thick fingers. It had been a male in life. The soldiers saluted the general, then backed out of the room. General Slythe walked around to its head. See here, we managed to capture and put down one of the new breed of spiders. He turned its head, revealing a tangled mess of circuitry that appeared to be directly tapped into its brain. He smirked at Ariadne. And we thought they were technologically behind us. This is obviously the root of their sudden resistance to psych. He paused for effect. They have clearly allied with the machine. The words echoed around the chamber. Oh, crap. Sarah muttered. Ariadne slowly sank down into her seat. It was inevitable now. If the machine was involved, extermination of the Jovian way of life, culture, the very species itself suddenly looked very likely. The Emperor walked around the table, towards the General, looking at the corpse. Do we have eyes on the machine? It was Miranda Green, the head of off-world security, that answered. Yes, Your Imperial Majesty, she said, tapping away at the soft screen in front of her. As of our last check, about four days ago, the machine had not entered within the orbit of Pluto. Order new surveillance. I want a status update. Give everyone the short version of what we've got. It's been a long time since we needed to know this. Of course, Your Imperial Majesty. Green got up, smoothed her shirt down, and cleared her throat. In the centre, next to the corpse of the Jovian, the hollow projector changed to show a view of a slightly ragged sphere, which Ariadne knew was approximately the size of the moon. The machine was the product of very early 22nd century Russian research into artificial intelligence. At the time, they were one of the few independent nations, while the Terran Empire made up the bulk of Earth's countries, Unknown to us all, they developed a large sphere of electronics below Moscow, where their brightest minds were housed. They awoke it on August the 8th, 2108, whereupon it went through several radical and fundamental changes to its neural pathways within the first minute of consciousness. 
In the following minutes, out of control, it iterated several different versions of what we now call the half-light drive. It manufactured a finished product, attached it to its body, and escaped Earth's gravity, destroying Moscow and scarring Russia in the process. The hollow projector changed to satellite maps of a crater hundreds of miles wide. Nothing was growing there, and no one could live there. It left us the second best iteration, which is what grants us near light-speed travel and artificial gravity. Its own version, far in advance of ours, placed it perfectly on the dark side of Pluto within about an hour, and as far as we know it has stayed there to this day. Apparently not, the Emperor said, kneeling to examine the dead Jovian. We have nothing like this, and we've seen nothing to make us think that the spiders could have created anything this complex. We must face the fact that we are fighting a war against a much larger enemy. I will have action plans submitted to me based on this updated information by close of business today. I want to know casualty forecasts, territory gain and loss, how quickly we can strike and what our best options are. I'll also need reports from the five territories detailing expected casualties should we be invaded by the machine or these augmented spiders. He stood up and looked around, meeting everyone's eyes. Dismissed, he said, and walked out. Well, that could have gone better, Sarah buzzed. We weren't to know Slythe had something up his sleeve. This is bad, Sarah, Ariadne replied, unable to tear her eyes from the dead alien. Thick purplish blood was still oozing from blue gashes in its stomach, and one of its legs had been torn off, revealing dark flesh below. It doesn't make sense, though. Why is the machine doing things this way? If it wants us gone, why not just annihilate us? She shuddered. I'm sure it can do that. Perhaps it wants to help the Jovians, Highness. But why? She got up and walked out of the room. We're going to have to do some research. Somewhere buried in the records from the first contact, or even after that, might be the answer. We need to know. There was a pause, and then Sarah subvoked. What if we don't find it? Ariadne set her jaw grimly. Then General Slythe will probably be uncontested, and the Terran Empire will commit genocide. You've been listening to Chapter 9 of my novel, Noctis Point. If you've enjoyed this episode, please check out stevecookfiction.com, where you'll find more podcasts and blogging about writing.